Hi, my name is Barry Sterling Mitchell. I produce the Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings and the Pro Football Bias Plus Reports. And this is Ben and Barry on football. Hello out there, everybody. This is Ben Dickerson, your co-host. Happy New Year to everyone. I like your background there, Bear. 2022 is upon us. The end of the regular NFL season is upon us. Uh, and fantasy football plus COVID-19 is driving me completely insane. This is our COVID show. Um, Tara, my daughter who lives with us or who's staying with us, been with us since she had a baby, has tested positive, just got a report back this morning. Um, so I just told her, I said, look, it's just us in the house, me, my wife, Tara, and the baby. Um, you might as well assume we're all positive. Two things that, that popped up recently. One, I'm looking at the business networks. They have this Lady, she's the head of some medical scenario, but underneath they had a thing printed and it said, rapid tests may miss some Omicron variants. Which the only reason I let anybody in my house on Christmas, when I say anybody, I'm talking about my babies, my kids, you know, my kids are grown, but they come and they spend Christmas Eve with us. They want to wake up and see the same, see their presence like they did when they were three. Okay. Just like the old days. Just like the old days. <laughs> And it's still fun. It is amazing when they get the only difference is now they're opening up, you know, some Christopher got he got a, a scarf. Who's the um, fashion designer, the young black man who recently died? Um, really? African name. But apparently he was a fashion designer of, of well, is, you okay. know, so in any event, he got a scarf of his design. Okay. So that's the difference. You know, obviously me and you are like right on top of current events here. You know, I know, I know, but um, our focus is football. So, but this is the, this is the, the COVID show. Um, last night, um, uh, well, the baby's been kind of sleeping with us since Tara, you know, initially came down with, with symptoms. Um, and, uh, five o'clock bottle. <laughs> so I get up to do the five o'clock bottle and I'm getting ready to go downstairs. And I realized my shirt is hanging off of my body, soaking wet. And I'm like, holy, that's like, I just jumped in the shower or something. I'm like, okay, this, I got to change this. So this is the third, third shirt since about five o'clock this morning. And I am still sweating. I'm just basic. The interesting thing is this. Did you take your temperature? No, not yet. We've been okay. taking the baby's temperature, you know, consistently. Um, right. But I'm assuming I have a little great temperature. I just talked to my uh, Kimmy, my sister. She's got the exact same thing that I've got. The interesting thing is, this is, if this is the worst that it is, then we feel fortunate. You know, right. Crystal had a slight cough. I had a slight uh, congestion and the sweats. Tara had a, a slight cough. You know, maybe, you know, something else. But that's pretty much it. He ran a temperature two days ago. 
And we still weren't sure whether he was running the temperature from his teething, because <laughs> he's teething right Yeah, now. that could be, yeah, at his age, it could be almost anything. You know what I'm saying? So I told Terrence, I said, look, let's assume we're all positive at this point. Because we were like, we're watching the baby, so she don't have to be around the baby. But, you know what I'm saying? Now, she been around y'all, so. She been around us. Yeah, know? I feel you. I'm, I'm waiting for my results to come back. I should probably get them today, I, I would think. Just to be on the safe side, because there's been some cold symptoms here in the house. Um, I got through mine in like one day. I, one day, I was coughing and sneezing and had a lot of congestion. So I made a tea concoction. I just took some emergency and all that. The next day, all I had was the cough. Today, I basically have nothing. Just my regular cough from yelling and screaming on the sidelines every weekend. My throat's damaged from years of... Uh, <laughs> I used know, to get yelling. I don't have headaches after the game from hollering during yeah. the game. Yeah. <laughs> I would just I would lose my voice for almost the entire next day. I could barely be able to talk until maybe half of Monday was over. So, but you know, we do what we got to do. We do what we got to do. That's why we're doing it virtually. Um, I think my prediction or my statement about industry and business jumping the gun uh, on this COVID thing. Remember when I said that last week or weeks before we've been talking about this? Weeks before, actually, you, you hinted at it and, um, and it's like they heard you and say, we're going to prove him wrong. <laughs> no more 10-day quarantine. Let's drop it to five. In fact, even if you test positive, if you don't have any symptoms, you can still play. You can still play. What? Well, interestingly, interestingly, I've been reading reports about some of the pushback. See, the, the, the NFL is saying, well, this is what the CDC is now saying. Right. So it's legitimized. But now right. and if it's a positive for them, because they need to have players on the field. That's their most important. We need our star players playing. And we need our teams as a, at as close to full strength as possible to satisfy the fan bases. So if the CDC says something that really has nothing to do with football, but consequently helps them, they're all for it. They're all for it. And apparently, I, you know, I read a report that said that there is an association for the airlines, right? Yes. Who sent a report into the CDC with their recommendations. Okay. And magically, it's the same recommendations that the CDC just came out with. Okay. The pushback has come from places like nursing associations. They're like, uh, we don't need you to get more relaxed right now. We're stressed. We're at our max in the hospitals right now. People are coming right. in. They're swarming us. And now you're saying, oh, let's relax the guy. <laughs> but this is the thing also. They're using the word endemic. And I read, I saw one guy on one of the business networks say, hey, we're all going to get it, you know. It's kind of like the flu. It's just going to be with us now for who knows how long. Right. If once we get through these phases, the worst we get for the most part, especially for those who are vaccinated, uh, because apparently only thing that the vaccination can really say that they're really good at is keeping you from 
getting severely ill and dying. That right. part of it, the transmissibility, forget it. They ain't, that ain't working. That that's already been proven, you know, and with the variants even more so. So if stuffy nose, nice sweats is the worst, I've had worse flus. <laughs> to be quite honest with you, oh, I've had worse flus, man. So um, it's just you know. Can't imagine what 2022 is going to bring in. Oh, from Ben and Barry on football, Happy New Year. <laughs> Definitely. This is New Year's Eve, Ben. We are on a COVID schedule. We normally record on Wednesdays. What's this, Friday? Today is Friday. Man, this is my trash day. I couldn't even get to the show. I had to get the trash out. You know, my COVID <laughs> trash. You know? <laughs> everything must go everything had to go okay crazy it's been a wild weekend it really has and let me say happy uh, anniversary to my beautiful wife crystal Mitchell. yes happy anniversary to you guys new and, year's uh, eve I, I remember the party well <laughs> man yes yes i remember that wedding reception sheesh well, I remember most of it. <laughs> <laughs> Getting married on New Year's Eve, I don't know if this is one of my most brilliant ideas or dumbest ideas. I don't know. Because everything's more expensive for the rest of your married life if you want to do something on your anniversary. Right. <laughs> you want to go right. to a hotel? They're sold out and they're three times the price. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so... You know, but it's New Year's Eve, so everybody's partying anyway. 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 You know what I think the one good thing about that was, you know, normally on New Year's Eve, and I guess it depends on where you go. I don't I don't spend a lot of money to go to these extravagant balls and things at hotels and what have you. But it's, I think a lot of people that I know, or a lot of people that I talk to, they like to party hop on New Year's Eve which the way people drive nowadays is really the craziest thing to ever do. But that's what people do. They don't stay at one place really long. But when you have your wedding reception, we're locked in, baby. We were locked in. <laughs> we weren't going nowhere. Got and if you remember, right? Ben, it was a crazy weather day with ice, snow. Crazy. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, it was foggy and icy at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> which bad combo. That's a bad combo. Bad combo. What you say though is so true. Now, people, again, I always remind you, Ben and Barry and football. We've been talking about football or debating versus or arguing for forty years. So only recently did we decide to make a YouTube channel of it. So yeah, you know, we're 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 going on a little bit here, but it's our YouTube, right? <laughs> so what you say is so true. Because if you remember the specific party that we named the Meltdown, I don't know if you remember that. It was a New Year's Eve party. And wow. that's when I realized what you just said, that people like to party hop. Right. And one of the reasons we kind of, I kind of didn't want to have a New Year's Eve party because it was, I just didn't want to be running back and forth from the clothes closet as people would come in and then leave, come in, and then leave, come in. Yeah, so right. now I'm working like a dog, you know, just seeing people in and out, and we can't party, right? 
Well, yeah. we had one New Year's Eve party. The weather was crappy. Everybody that came stayed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was a house party, wasn't it? Yeah. That was Rodney okay. Street. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> wow, epic. And we called that the meltdown. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some big fun. We had some big fun. All right, let's talk about last week. And we're going to kick off the first quarter. Last week was crazy. Now, first off, just to kind of go back and look, um, I believe I was five wrong out of 16 last week. Holding steady. I was six wrong out of 16. Same as the week before. We're back at our normal uh, percentage. Yes, 10 and six. And I, I'll tell you what, I'm not putting any money on anything. So 10 and six is damn good. 11 and 5 is even better. Absolutely. Um, I'm trying to look here. If it's 5 for 6, that means we were 11 right for 16, right? That's correct. That's a 68 point, 68 point, let's put this way, 0.6875, we can round it up to 69%. 69% right is damn good. 69% I, I right. challenge anybody on that one. And again, that is for a, a non-manipulated stat, okay? That's right. like, I always tell people, it's like an index fund. It is what it is. We don't change it. We just use this formula, let it calculate out. And, and it is truly more a look back than a look forward. But in terms of looking forward, you got to know where you came from. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of the thing. COVID is a factor that when you're looking back, you just can't, you know, really look forward to say, this person's going to test positive or this is going to happen, except for the fact that now we've seen the numbers grow so much that you have to assume somebody's going to be impacted. My favorite whipping boy, Kirk Cousins, just came down positive. <laughs> when, this morning? Yes. They reported oh! <laughs> That was, I was looking at that game as a potential intriguing game of the week. Uh, but if he's not there, it's not so intriguing anymore. This guy. You know what I'm saying? And because he's unvaccinated, he has the longer term protocol implications. So they're just saying he ain't going to be there this week. So coming down to the stretch, mind fart of mind farts, Kirk Cousins, I can depend on you. <laughs> Absolutely. So, wow, that changes a lot in fantasy. Ah, um, yes. This we is do have a, we'll talk fantasy. about that later. I'm the Madden guy. There's your fantasy implication. Ben, we're going to talk about Madden in the fourth quarter. Okay. All right. Um, let's look real quick because you made the request – for the intriguing game of the week for last week's games. Yes, I did. You made the request. I listened. And as I said here, 
this is a first. I've never taken requests for intriguing game. <laughs> 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 Haven't done it. This is my personal thing. I choose the game. And half the time, I don't know what that is. Uh, and the challenge is sometimes I'm literally typing it up minutes before kickoff. So, you know, but it is what it is. You know, it's going to be what it's going to be. So I don't necessarily worry about that. But I do want to have it there if someone wants to read it prior to the game, you know. So I need to get it out a little earlier. But the Colts and the Cardinals. And what's that bias plus score? Uh, Eight. Eight. Okay. And what did the Colts win by? Six. Six, but you know, you can only do but so much uh in, in a short article. And most people don't they're not gonna read all of that stuff anyway. So, you know, Colts, what did you think about that game? Wow, man. First of all, as I'm watching the game, and I, I picked the Cardinals, so I went against the bias. Uh, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking to myself, and I think uh, I can't remember exactly how I worded my comment, but um, the one in reference to the game, uh, I can't exactly remember what I said, but I believed that the Cardinals would win if they loaded up to stop JT, Jonathan Taylor, and tried to make Wentz be the one to have to beat them. And for most of the game, it looked like it might work. The problem is that the Cardinals' offense did not hold up their part of the deal. The defense did not have an easy time of it. But they were hanging on for most of the game, keeping the score low, keeping Taylor from going bananas on him, and making Wentz have to try to beat them. Uh, they, kept, um, they kept Pittman quiet. Uh, T.Y. Hilton didn't do a blessed thing. So the passing game was not really clicking. Jonathan Taylor was getting his yardage. He, he, he's in the famous words, <laughs> you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. And that's basically what they were doing. But Kyler Murray and the offense did not hold up their end of the deal. I thought they'd get a little bit more out of Edmonds, although he played well coming off of a, a, an injury at running back for the Cardinals. Um, but um, uh, Kyler Murray was not accurate. Uh, he was having a little bit of trouble um, deciding when was a good time to run and when was not a good time to run. He looked a little bit off on some of his passes. I believe that he's probably playing with a little bit of an injury. He doesn't look 100%. But the bottom line is at the end of the game, the Colts were able to pull it out. The bias was right. Um, my prediction was almost right, <laughs> except that the Cardinals offense did not hold up their end of the deal. That's that's basically it. Other than that, I thought it was a pretty good, very competitive game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you were right about the six points. I double-checked that. Okay. So, uh, interestingly, as I'm looking at this, I, I don't know if you saw me give you the jab at the end of the thing. You know, you had to read through the whole thing. But I always put stuff like that at the end because people don't read through the whole thing. So you can say what you want at the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm this pretty sure that. I read the whole thing, but I don't remember what it was. All right. At the end, I usually say bottom line. Okay. Okay. Bottom line, although the betters are favoring Arizona 
Okay, because you were with you were with Vegas when Vegas was with you. Okay. The point differential favors the Colts, both on a seasonal basis and in the last three weeks. Three weeks. Ironically, when co-star Ben lobbied for this game, he also chose to favor Arizona. How did he choose the team that lost to the hapless Lions? Check the video link at YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I owe you. I owe you for that one. <laughs> Got me on that one. Okay. All right. Chaboom. Yeah. How could I? <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the Sterling net point power rankings. So as you can see, we have the have the uh, teams broken up in eights. That's a natural number for 32 teams. Gives you four quarters. Just like in football, we look at average net points. That's your AMP, average points for, APF, average points against, APA, and average turnover differential, Todd. That's ATLD. As we consider it, these are your vital statistics. Everything else gets added onto this, but you start here. So there's your Jacksonville taking three out of the bottom 32. Bottom uh, number 32 rankings there at both net points, points forward, or excuse me, points four and, and turnover differential. Interestingly, they're not in the bottom eight in defense. But there they go. They're giving, uh, they're not scoring. That's, that's the problem. 14 and a half points is not going to win many games for you in the NFL. As I said earlier, I believe 28 points, which is about one touchdown on average per quarter, is the magic number. Um, and so, obviously, if you look at the bottom eight, none of those teams are really in uh, in that scoring realm. So, but yet and still, they're pretty mm, giving up most a lot. Well, that's not all of those guys are in the APA. So let's let's. I'm gonna turn this over to you and let you uh, make any comments you want on the bottom. 25 through 32, let me mention, 25 is Chicago, 26, Washington, 27, Giants, 28, Atlanta, 29, Detroit, 30, Houston, 31, Jets, and 32, Jacksonville, ranked by average net points. Well, uh, we don't have to hang around and talk about these teams too long. Um, most of these teams have had bad to abysmal seasons. So far, uh, there's there's really nothing to talk about with any of these teams. The only ones that might even still have a mathematical chance, uh, and and when I say mathematical, I use that very loosely, uh, is and and it's simply because of the division that they're in, and maybe their records uh, are close in the division that they're in. I believe that Washington still has a mathematical chance to make the playoffs. I believe that Atlanta also has a mathematical chance to make the playoffs. I do not believe that any of these other teams do. So there's not really much to talk about there. There you go. Next up, <clears throat> we have the uh, number 17 to 24. 17, Seattle. 20, 18, Baltimore. 19, the Chargers. 
20 Dolphins, 21 Cleveland, 22 Carolina, 23 Pittsburgh, and 24 Vegas. And again, I remind people that the net points and the turnover differential are the two stats where you run in both positive and negative numbers. Uh, these are all, again, negative numbers for average net points, which means that they're losing more than they're winning because they're giving it up more points than what they're scoring. Uh, I guess to me, this is a group that you kind of go, these guys all have playoff potential earlier in the season. And now, <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. There's some of them had playoff potential or we thought they had playoff potential early in the season. And there are some that we didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that seem to be kind of clinging to an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs. And when I say that, I'm talking about Miami with their seven-game win streak and uh, Baltimore, uh, who somehow, some way, although over the last couple of weeks, they, they haven't been able to win a game, even though they went for two-point conversions at the end of two games, if they had converted those, this would be an entirely different story. But that's another subject. Seattle, who can't seem to get out of their own way. I mean, it's crazy. Of this group, well, I don't think Carolina has a chance. I wish Vegas had a chance. I like Vegas, and I like how they've been fighting all season, but I don't think that they will. Pittsburgh's about to say goodbye to Big Ben. Not a whole lot to talk about there. The Chargers, I believe, are still alive. I believe Miami's still alive, and somehow, some way, Cleveland could sneak in. I just don't think that they will. There's something wrong with that number. What do you say? They're they still 17.3. They shouldn't be 18. I don't know why they're there in the middle of that. I had a problem when I was working on this, probably because I was. Oh, yeah. I just noticed that. 17. Um, COVID mentality. Yeah, is, they should be up higher. But, but yeah. okay. They dropped. I knew they, they had fallen because they, they, they lost, what, two games in a row? Yeah, they gave, yeah, they lost two games in a row and they gave up 33 points to the Bills last week. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that. That didn't it, help. Their number dropped, but that's uh, that's that look uh, whack as a whack stat. Okay, next up, let's take a look here. Okay, we're we're going to see that the average points against looks to be not in correct rankings, but these are the numbers that they that they have. So we can always, um, you know, just take it for what it's worth relative to. The fact, for example, that Kansas City is allowing 20.4 points per game. That is right, but they, they maybe shouldn't be ranked ninth. That's the only difference in this particular uh, spreadsheet. Um, in any event, relative to the average net points, everything looks to be in good order. There was a, a, a conversation about whether or not some of these guys that came back from COVID were still having some fogginess, whether they were like as sharp as they would have been or should have been or could be. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, and I, I get most of my COVID information from either the ticket, the ticker running across the bottom of the screen while I'm watching a sporting program or from off of fantasy sites as I'm checking on players to see 
uh, who's hurt, who's not, who's got it, who doesn't, who's starting, who's playing where. Um, sometimes they give you full information. Sometimes they don't. So when they say somebody tests positive, but they're vaccinated, they don't always tell you if that person actually has symptoms. So there's possibilities that a vaccinated and or an unvaccinated player could test positive and have symptoms. And if in fact that's true, those people that had symptoms, once they test negative and can come back and play, those symptoms may have taken a toll on that player. We don't always know exactly if that's the case with each individual person. Some players test positive, are totally asymptomatic, they've been vaccinated, they wait out their time, they get their test back negative and they come back and they play and they're fine. So you're absolutely right. Sometimes when you see a guy come off of protocols and then come back and not have a really good game or game up to par, so to speak, there's a possibility that they could be a little run down from being symptomatic. And, and so often, again, the symptoms are relatively mild, but you ain't, you're not 100%. That's the bottom line. That's it. You're not 100%. Same uh, as if he just had the flu or, yeah. stomach, or stomach virus. Yeah. You know, it, it's an amazing thing. Um, but again, as you said, for fantasy people, for betters, um, you know, it's a nightmare trying to, you know, look forward you know, to know which way to put your money or how to staff your squad because you don't know who's going to be there until, you know, damn near game time or something like that. And you guys, the fantasy guys, you guys cut off your chance of, uh, of, of drafting or, or trading or whatever at what point before game time? Well, uh, you, can, you can drop a player and add a player up to – the up to five minutes before that player's actual start time. Okay. You can change your starting lineup also at least five minutes before the player's actual start time. So if I have, let's say I have uh, Mark Andrews at tight end and he doesn't play until 425, but I'm not sure about him. And I got Kelsey too, or I got another tight end who doesn't play until 425 or 405, I can wait and play them. But if I have a guy at one o'clock that I pretty much know is healthy and I got another guy that's a game time decision at 425, sometimes I'll play it safe, play the lesser player that I know is going to show up and play as opposed to wait until four o'clock and they find out that the other guy's not going to be able to take the field. That's the chance you have to take. Okay. Okay. Well, um, back to the uh, Sterling Pro Football Net Point Power Rankings. And again, you can find our rankings on Facebook. Go to Sterling Net Point Power Rankings or just search Sterling Net Point Power Rankings. Um, Facebook would not let me put this pro football in there. <laughs> I, had to, I have to submit so much paperwork to change the name of the page. I just left, left it at Sterling net point power rankings uh at some point if i ever decide to expand into basketball or something like that where i've actually seen differentials discussed 
probably mm-hmm. as not as much as football, but second to football. You know, right. you, you take a uh, sport like soccer where you where the, the average score is you know two to one. <laughs> it kind of screws up the net point differential possibilities because <laughs> they don't score any points. You know, but uh, football, yep, basketball, absolutely, absolutely. So let's see what we got here. We're looking at, wait a minute. Yeah, that's what we want to look at, 9 through 16. Number 9, Cincinnati. 10, Philadelphia. 11, Green Bay. 12, San Francisco. 13, Denver. 14, Tennessee. 15, Minnesota. And right there, smack dab in the middle, my strange saint, New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Um, Points forward. Looks to be logical in terms of, yes, okay. Points four. I keep wanting to say forward. Points four. Philly, number nine, scoring some points. They had a, a big game um, where they put up a lot of points recently. Arizona, 10th. They look, they're more in a downward spiral. New England at 11, 25.9 points per game. They're being bullied. They have a little bit of a skew going for them because they who, who was it that they beat up on they scored a ton of points on and then uh, out, i can't remember they crushed somebody yeah they crushed somebody and then after that they couldn't score but like 10 points a game for the next three games or something like that right. minnesota following new england and scoring at 12 green bay now now see there's your intriguing game when you got two teams playing and they're point one points apart in the points four category. <laughs> but Kirk Cousins isn't going to be there. So that kind of throws unbelievable. It. I know. That, that, that's unbelievable. The they're 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 point one away in scoring points from each other, and one starter is not going to be there. And the other starter is probably going to be the MVP. <laughs> that, you, that, that is no longer an intriguing game. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Holy mackerel, Andy. Now, again, um, the APA is not in ranking uh, sequence as they should be. But you can see uh, that the Rams are giving up 21.7 points per game on average, and we haven't seen them yet. So that means they're in the top eight in scoring. Um, Going over the turnover differential, again, these are all in the positive for Cleveland, breaking even with Philadelphia at zero uh, from the 16th and the 15th position and going up the, uh, the Saints, the Rams, Seattle, Houston, Denver, Kansas City. Again, Kansas City probably being the most impressive because their turnaround and turnover differential. Yes. Yeah, they were were down around the bottom. Yeah. About a month ago. Yeah. So that's that's moving up. How did they used to say it in the the music industry? You know, moving up with a bullet or something like that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they, they turned that, they turned that around. Only giving up 20.4 points per game. So, you know, very close to, to, to the Rams. I think that, you know, those are two potential Super Bowl teams. My Niners are like the dark horse. My 
beloved Niners just around. And now we're looking at potentially, and you'll talk about this, I'm sure, in the matchup, uh, having Trey Lance come in because Garoppolo's had some kind of a finger problem. Uh, they're not counting him out yet. Not counting him out yet. They're, they're going to have him go out there and try to throw. And I, uh, yeah, we shall see. Cincinnati, 21.6 points per game. But if you look over in the, in the uh, average net points, you see them coming in at number nine, which means that their scoring is 5.7 points per game greater. So all of these Correct. numbers, you can see how they interrelate. How about those Cincinnati Bengals? Saw a report this morning that said Cincinnati has the most touchdowns of over 50 yards in the NFL. Wow. They're going deep. And the interesting thing is I remember we talked about in the beginning of the season where who, who's their receiver? Chase, is it? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase was dropping balls. And they were like preseason. They're like, oh, he's dropping balls. Everybody was freaking, right? <laughs> Jamar Chase is running through these NFL guys like, oh, is this all it is to it? <laughs> Just catch it. So one move, three guys fall, and I can run 30 more yards. Nobody can catch me. Oh, this is fun. <laughs> it's a man. He figured it out. Whatever the heck was wrong with him, he figured it out. That's he for sure. figured it out, man. And it's so interesting when you see these rookies come in and dominate. I mean, Mark Michael Parsons is like, this game can't be that. There's not that hard. I thought you guys said this is going to be hard. Well, <laughs> Michael Parsons is is a freak athlete. He is. Michael Parsons could probably get away with playing safety. He could because he, I believe he's probably your fastest, maybe player on the team. That was and the thing we saw himself. about him early from the combine. What did he run, like a 4-3 or something like that? Yeah, he ran like a 4-3-8 or something. Yeah. And he, he himself said, I know that I could play running back in the NFL. Like, he, he just – he knows it. And I don't doubt him in the least. I don't doubt him either. Not at all. He can play he can, whatever he wants to do. The dude can run back kick. Can you imagine him running back kicks? I know one thing. <laughs> if he was running back a kick, I would be making a business decision on tackling. <laughs> <laughs> Just from seeing how he chases quarterbacks. Like when once he gets through the line of scrimmage, he he kicks it up another notch. In that short space of the line of scrimmage to where the quarterback is dropping back, I've seen him actually accelerate. Wow. They have no chance. They have no chance. Guy's amazing. But, yeah, when you talk about receivers, I can remember a time, and this is some years ago, where the, the, the supposed trend was, I don't know if trend is the right word, but um, what the experts used to say was, you don't expect a whole lot out of rookie wide receivers the first year that it usually takes a receiver, no matter how good he was in college, uh, a year or two to actually hit their stride in the NFL game, that's been wiped out. <laughs> that's been wiped out. And I think it has a lot to do with uh, some of these college coaches coming into the NFL and 
some of the NFL coaches, even the guys that have been around, beginning to adopt some of the offensive nuances that the big-time college teams are using. So now these receivers are coming in. They're ready. They're ready. So there's stuff in the offense of the team that drafts them that they ran in college. So, yeah, they're ready. And, and let me tell you something, man. I watched Alabama a couple weeks ago. I'm going to watch them again as they get go through for this uh, national championship thing. Wide receivers out of Alabama and the wide receivers out of LSU are terrorizing the NFL right now. There's a good <laughs> chance. There's a good chance that's going to continue for another couple of years. I saw this kid playing for Alabama right now. Holy smokes! Really? Oh, I can't remember his name. This kid is. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, um, Chase, Jefferson, Devontae, Waddle, the list goes on and on. They're all LSU and Alabama guys. It's crazy. Wow. That is wild. That is wild. Um, Well, what we have here is is that group. I'm a little concerned that uh, Green Bay's defense is giving up (coughs) 25.5 points per game. Um, I'm concerned that my Niners are giving up 25.1 points per game, but I think Green Bay real, you know, they're looking uh, with Aaron Rodgers to have some serious aspirations. So that's going to be an interesting point. If uh, 28 points wins the game, you're giving up, uh, you're only scoring 25 rather, excuse me, 0.4 points per game, ranked 13th. And again, behind Minnesota. Right. But where are they in points against? Are we going to see that in the next Let's see. I don't see him. I don't see him. Oh, that's we're right. Talking about, we're talking the about points, Green Bay, the right? points against column is messed up. Yeah, we know that that's not a sequence. Let's go back real quick. Boom. Right. Real, just to find boom. them here, yeah, please. There's Green Bay, 21. 21.6. Okay, now go back up to top. Okay. All right. They, they'll probably be first or second, if my memory serves me correctly, in points against. 25.5 is their average points for, and what do we say, 20 for defense? Yeah. Okay. So that's why, was it, a 3.9 point differential. There you go. So that's how close they are. So they're not exactly, you know, knocking it out in terms of net points, but they've they've just been smooth and steady and winning. Right. And they know who they are. So... I would say off the top of my head, their weakness is run defense. But in the past game, their secondary is playing really, really well. But when you have Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams, usually you can change the game script. And if you can change the game script so that your opponent has to throw the ball, then that takes them away from being able to do what they want to do against your weakness on your defense. And that's how they're winning. And they're not trying to disguise it. They're not trying to lie or kid anybody about it. That's who they are. They know what their problem is, and that's how they fix it, by getting turnovers and scoring points. And, oh, by the way, 1.1 average turnovers, that puts them at number one in turnovers, right? That puts them at number one in turnover differential. That's how they do it. That's how they do it. Their offense forces your offense to have to throw the ball, and then they pick you. And then you can't hurt them on the ground. Boom. 
Well, now that you've talked about the number one ranking, let's go across the board right now because um, this interesting, in some of the previous weeks, we saw the same team, which was mainly Buffalo, take number one in a number of different categories. Yeah, that's changed. That's changed. So here we go, number one in average net points, Buffalo Bills at 10, at plus 10.9. And Deef and points four, excuse me, Number one, the Dallas Cowboys averaging 30.5 points per game. <laughs> Let's remember, folks, this is average. This is average. And my team, which the strange, I've called the strange team, looking, coming, now again, it would be the strange team ranking number one, but this is not in proper sequence. <laughs> so... The yeah, same. they're 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 hurting a little bit now. Their quarterback situation has them in a bit of a tizzy right now. Although their defense is still very very dangerous and and very very um, difficult to to score on, but they just don't. They're they're not a balanced team anymore. Well, let let me give you um, the the rankings real quick so that we have a better view. Um, at 17.3 points per game, again, uh, points against, right? You have Denver and New England tied over the season. That makes sense. 17.6 is where Buffalo's coming in, so they're right behind them. Right. The Saints are giving up 20.3 points per game. Right behind them, you have Kansas City and Arizona at 20.4 points per game. And right behind them, Dallas, Seattle at 20.5 points per game. So for your one, two, three, four, five, like your top eight or so, top nine, you know, there you go. Uh, under 21 points per game um, is where you want to be. And, and right around that 21 is not bad at all. So uh, your top eight in, in uh, defense, not in sequence, but just gives you an idea about um, where these teams are. Points four is in sequence with Dallas at number one and Tampa Bay at number two. Does that look like an NFC championship right there? NFC championship game, Cowboys versus Buccaneers? <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> Quite possibly. And, uh, um, you know, we're in Philadelphia, so I'm sure there's a bunch of people in Philadelphia saying Dallas will fall. They're going to lose early. And that kind of has been the way things have been for the past few years. Even when they had, uh, you know, decent seasons, because they haven't had a really, really good season. This is one of their best seasons in a long time. Um, winning playoff games has always been a challenge. So... <laughs> If they're going to do it, this would be the year to do it. But a lot of minefields out there. Well, in terms of points four, between ranks one and eight, okay, you are only 3.3 points apart. With right. Dallas coming in at 30.5 and the Chargers scoring 27.2. It's, it's tight. And like you were saying, some of the other teams are like, you know, you think about the Bengals, they're coming in at seventh, scoring 27.3. The Rams coming in at six, scoring 27.7. So they're, they're just below the magic number, my magic number anyway, 
Um, but it's real tight, and I'm sure the Rams are, are saying, wait a minute, y'all talking about Dallas and Tampa Bay. What about us? But, uh, again, not that num magic number. Now, Indianapolis, and Ben, you talked about Carson Wentz. You know, I'm almost proud of Carson Wentz at this point. <laughs> His turnaround, I'm seeing him step up in the pocket and grow somewhat as a pocket quarterback. Is this reality? Oh, am I crazy? Yeah. No, no. This is reality. I didn't know he was going to be able to keep this up, but maybe through the first quarter of the season, I was like, you know, Carson Wentz hasn't looked too bad. He's not turning the ball over. He's not getting strip sacked. He's not running unnecessarily and taking bad hits. And it has continued over the course of the season. He did get whacked a couple of times, but he's pretty much holding on to the ball. And they got a super active defense. That's getting a lot of turnovers. Hence, you look over at the turnover column again, and there they are sitting at number three. A lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz and Jonathan Taylor protecting the ball. Taylor does not fumble, and Wentz hasn't thrown a lot of picks or fumbled himself. So, yeah, he, he gets all the props. He gets all the props, man. Carson Wentz has turned his career around at this point. We'll see how long it keeps up, but, you know, People were throwing dirt on him, man. <laughs> Look, I can't say I wasn't with him. You know, I might have had a shovel. Wasn't quite sure whether to throw the dirt or what. But um, we were somewhat at a, a wait and see when we saw him go to the, to the Colts. We're like, okay, it looks like the perfect place for him. Somebody that understands him. He's had success right. with that coach. Right. You know, they're going to do what they can to support him. So let's see if it makes a difference. And it made a tremendous difference because even as you said, in third and turnover differential, that's tied for second with Dallas. Actually, just, yes, you're right. Tied for second. Yeah, yep. we just finished talking about, you know, uh, a Parsons. So, you know, with a real serious situation. Um, but there's your, your – and there they go at number five in scoring. So your top five in scoring at number five, Indianapolis, four, Kansas City, three, Buffalo, two, Tampa Bay, and one – the Dallas Cowboys, and we're talking about, what, 28, 28.1, 28.5, 29.5, and 30.5 are what these teams are putting up on average per week. And of these top eight, the top seven are all serious contenders in my eyes. Some people may not believe Cincinnati is. I believe that they are. I believe Cincinnati will win their division, a division that I've talked about, just about every doggone week, the AFC North. They are slowly but surely taking that thing over. You know, they are taking that thing over. And just like you asked, could we be seeing the NFC Championship game, Dallas versus Tampa Bay? The next question is, could we be seeing the AFC Championship game, Buffalo versus Kansas City? And if we don't, the next two teams could be the <laughs> ones to take their places. Right? Indianapolis and Cincinnati would love to say, ah, we'll take care of that lightweight. Don't worry about it. Darn right. And, and, and the Rams are like, no way we're going to let Dallas get past us. So this is all shaping up, man. Everybody's showing us who they are right now. It took a while for it to happen. Now, I remember years past since we've been doing this. More like around week 
12 or 13 maybe, we were pretty sure we knew who everybody was. This stretched us all the way after weeks 15, 16, and some points looking at 17 before we could actually figure out who everybody was. But it's coming into shape now. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and I want to point out that since we've been doing this for a while now, and this is, this is what I call the great experiment, ladies and gentlemen. So don't think that I'm saying, you know, this is a grand idea. This was something that we started looking at one time and going, hmm, this looks interesting. And we just started tracking it and tracking it and tracking it and saw that it was not generally the number one team in average net points or net points that won the Super Bowl, but right. it was generally from that top eight group. Yeah, <laughs> generally from that group. We very rarely had any, because number one, they had to get into the playoffs. All those guys are there <laughs> for the most part. Yep. You know, they're usually all going to be there, uh, the top eight. So, you know, you might have a few people from the from the top 16, a couple of that, that nine through 16 that might ascend, you know, but uh, there's your, that's, that's your Super Bowl grouping right there in your first category of net points. And then you go over to turnover differential and you say, hmm, all of those teams that are over there in that turnover differential, you know, they start to think about putting that and the net points together. And that's what we call the bias plus, which is where we're going. And the next segment for the second quarter, any last words for the first no. quarter here, Benny? No, no, no. Let's move on. Let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. Mm. This is where you get to have opinion the net point power rankings is zero opinion. We have Atlanta Falcons at the Buffalo Bills. The bias plus score of 20 favors the Bills. And this is an average. We're back to averages here, Benny, so. Oh, we're back to average? Yeah, we're okay. back to averages. As you saw in the Sterling Net Point Power Rankings, they were all averages. Last week, um, our source information was down because the AWS cloud, powered by Amazon, was down. <laughs> so a lot of the sites were down last week, and we had to you know, do what we had to do. But we wound up with gross numbers, which we use at the beginning of the season in most cases. Uh, but I think we're probably going to just go with averages and maybe be more consistent through the season. In any event, if you're looking at a bias plus uh, score of 20, that's pretty strong on an average basis. You know, gross numbers, where you have to multiply that by, what, 16? <laughs> yeah. So that'd be a pretty big bias in favor of the Bills over the Falcons. What do you got? Well, I'd say that's a pretty true number. I'd say that the Buffalo Bills are by far uh, a better team than the Atlanta Falcons. On top of that, uh, you're looking at one team that has Super Bowls, very strong Super Bowl aspirations, as opposed to a team whose future is pretty much up in the air at this point, and they're just trying to, you know, get contracts and save jobs at this point. Um, not to mention even if the Falcons were better this year, and even if this looked like it would be a more competitive game, this is that time of year where you got to start looking at dome teams having to go to teams up in the Northeast. That's not usually a pretty sight. That's an so, X factor right there. 
Yes, it is. So just, uh, I mean, it's just a little X factor now because there's so many others going on with this game. So let's just take the Buffalo Bills and keep it pushing. I'm sticking with the bias. You know, the funny thing now that you mentioned it, Ben, we talked about the COVID X factor, but the climate change X factor means that, for example, here in Philadelphia, what is it, 50 plus degrees today? About 50 something, yeah. 50 something today. So, you know, if you were coming up from Tampa Bay or something like that, or from, you know, some warm weather or dome situation, you're like, yeah, this ain't that bad. Nah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it could be. It could be. That's for sure. Okay. You're going with the bias, going with Buffalo. Yes, sir. Ah, your New York football giants at the Chicago Bears, Ben. And the giants have the bias at 0.1. <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable the numbers are what they are <laughs> bro if if only golly if daniel jones was playing i would be far more confident i believe if daniel jones had not gotten injured when he did and he's got an injured neck so they don't want to take a, a lot of chances with that but if he hadn't gotten injured when he did they would have at least one more win than they have. Um, Chicago, on the other hand, pulled off a nice little win last week. Who they beat? Bears, 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 Bears. Wow. They beat the Seahawks 25 to 21. And I don't want to get into a big thing about the Seahawks right now because they got their challenges too. But the Bears... For all the bad things I said about their head coach, them guys seem to be really digging in and trying to keep this guy around. This is a very scary game. It's an intriguing game for me. <laughs> <laughs> Under normal circumstances, I would say this is a game that the Giants could definitely win. But the Bears scare me simply because of our quarterback situation. At this point, Jake Fromm has shown me that he's not ready for prime time. Mike Glennon is just a body. I, I don't know. I don't even know if they have another quarterback on the roster. I found that sometimes when I go against the Giants, they actually win. So even though they have the bias, I'm going to go against them. I, I think Justin Fields is beginning to really feel within himself that he can do this, that he can be an NFL quarterback. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to take the bears in this one. I'm going to take the bears in this game. I, I believe the bears are going to win this game. Well, you know, it's hard to be wrong at point one bias. Um, yeah, no, it's and just it's interesting that you say this about Justin Fields starting to feel comfortable because we just spent a lot of time talking about the rookies who are like just killing the league right now, you know, but again, they're not quarterbacks, you know what I mean? So that's, yeah, that's a whole different story. That's another challenge area right there. Um, and just quickly, you know, you know, you like Daniel Jones. Personally, I don't, <laughs> I've just made up my mind. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to take anybody to a Super Bowl, which is my, my number one question, but you okay. guys just brought back your head coach and Daniel Jones. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I have no problem with Daniel Jones. 
my jury is still out on the head coach, but of course my jury is still out on the general manager as well. Until they make a change in the general manager though, we're going to continue to see these iffy decisions. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say that Daniel Jones is going to take us to a Super Bowl. I don't know. But some decisions that are being made in the last few drafts, um, I don't know. I, my team's not very good right now. I wore my hat today because I'm wishing them a happy new year, and I'm hoping that 2022 will be better. Not great just better. I'm realistic. Uh, but I think you're not really going to see the Giants begin to actually take off until they change general managers. Dave Gettleman's got to go. I, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really tired. The fan report. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Hey, take the bears. Know. Take the bears. <laughs> Let me just mention real quick. Um, we had a lot of conversations about Saquon, and I called Saquon the gift because I felt that in Eli's last year, when they had a choice to oust Eli, get a new quarterback, they gave Eli one more year of life by getting Saquon. And that was the gift really was to Eli that if they could give him a superstar running back that maybe they could take that year and do something big with it. But there's always that question of how high you want to take a running back in the draft because of the propensity for injuries at the running back position. So with Saquon coming out and being the ultimate great running back, as far as I was concerned, I'm super impressed. I was one of his biggest fans, not was, am still one of his biggest fans. But the bottom line is running backs, are, you know, they just – that, you know, the reason that their price is where it is relative to, let's say, the quarterback position is because of the injury situation. What do you think about that? Well, generally speaking, I would say that that's correct. You don't want to take a running back really high. Some people say you don't take a running back in the first round, period. Mm. I don't agree with that at all. There's some very good running backs that have been out there and will continue to be out there. And if, in fact, that's a position of need, or position that you know could strengthen your offense, then you go ahead and make the move. The, the real question is, should they have taken him as high as they did when they probably could have gotten a quarterback in that draft or possibly um, a stud offensive lineman or something like that and still could have gotten another really good, potentially great running back in a later round? And I can't remember all the running backs that went in that draft, but I would be pretty confident in saying that there's a couple of running backs that went later in that draft that are playing far better than Saquon Barkley and have played far better than Saquon Barkley. Um, wow. That's, that's an interesting statement. So that's, so in that respect, then you would have to say yes. They took him too high. If the guy had never gotten injured and was balling for the last, what, three years, he'd be an anomaly, right? It turns out that the Giants made a great pick by selecting Barkley that early in it. Nah, I don't need that mess. 
generally speaking, like I said, the pundits are correct. You shouldn't take a running back that high because no matter how great he was in college, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate to the NFL. And if in fact it does, you still have the injury factor. That's why, you know, when you look at the pay scales, running backs are kind of locked in there somewhere. And there's a lot of other positions that make way more money because their careers are so short. Man, this is funny. We talked about the, the catch. I believe Saquon's reception, when that little short throw where he caught it with one hand kind of behind him. Yeah, that was a miracle. That was a miracle. I think it's like one of the best catches of the season. <laughs> when they start talking catch. about 2021 catches, I hope they include that catch in it. They will. They will. Oh, my goodness, it was amazing. Yeah. We're coming up on a new year now, so you're going to start seeing a lot of the sports channels start. To, I know SportsCenter is going to show top 10 plays of the of the year or top plays of the year. It'll be in there. <laughs> it was It'll be in there. All right, let's move on. All right. Potential intriguing game. Ding, 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 ding. Kansas City Chiefs at Cincinnati Bengals bias plus score 2.3 favors. Kansas City Chiefs. Jeez. Mm. Wow. Yeah, definitely a potential intriguing game. 2.3 is the bias. That's close. Cincinnati's home. Cincinnati defense playing pretty well. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's on fire. Joe Burrow put up 500-plus yards. Last yeah, week. Joe Burrow just locked himself into the record books there, I believe. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable game. Lamar Chase, I'm sorry, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even Tyler Boyd's getting off. It's crazy. The only guy that hasn't gotten off that I was really looking at early on in the season was um, the tight end, Yuzuma. Uh, he's been relatively quiet for the last few weeks, but Joe Mixon's playing well. Their offense is really clicking. Their defense has some issues, but again, a la the Packers, they're able to get points on the board. They're able to ball control the ball and hit you deep. So that usually changes the game script and forces the opponent to have to throw the ball also so that you can't run on them that much. And then they got you. Uh, I can see that definitely happening in this game. Uh, Edwards Hilaire for the Chiefs, I believe, is out with a bad shoulder. Although I like their second string running back, uh, Darrell Williams. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to handle the load. He's more of a uh, third down type back. They do have a little X fact. You've seen this guy, Derek Gore. I have ben, no idea. It's so funny it when you said Gore because I'm listening to this name Gore, Gore this, Gore this, and I'm like, wait a minute, I thought he was boxing. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is not Frank Gore. Yeah. yeah, he is, but they got this other kid, I don't think they're related, that's got some explosiveness, man. He's a pretty good back. But again, I don't think it's going to be enough. Now, the Bengals are going to have to play smart on defense, but I believe they can win this game. Kansas City's got to go on the road. They got to see these guys. The weather's not going to be great. Um, it's at least going to be cold. There's no telling what else you're going to get in Cincinnati this time of year. But it's going to at least be pretty cold. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to pick the Bengals on this one. I think they're flying high right now. I think Kansas City still has some challenges offensively. Uh, Kelsey will be back. Uh, Tyreek Hill hasn't gotten COVID again yet. <laughs> <laughs> again. Yeah. Hey, look, it's crazy, man. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals on this one for sure. Well, taking the Bengals, I'm looking at the momentum over the last few weeks. Mm -hmm. Defensively, Kansas City is giving up 15.7 points per game, and Cincinnati's giving up 19. Okay. Offensively, Kansas City is number one over the last three weeks. Ben. Mm-hmm. NFL team points per game, Kansas City, 39.3. Over the last three weeks? Yeah. Dallas, who was number one for the year, right behind them at 34.7. We talked about Green Bay being slow and steady. Well, over the last three weeks, they're scoring 33.3 points per game. <laughs> wow. So I don't know about that slow but steady stuff. The Chargers <laughs> and the six and the Sixers. Oh, congratulations on your win over the Nets too. Um, which is Sixers. 31.3 points per game. Chargers and Philly and Buffalo 30.9. So we don't even get down to Cin Cincinnati is 26.3 points per game over the last three weeks. So that's kind of what uh, these two these two teams have been doing over the last few weeks. Kansas City, like I said, number one, 39.3. Cincinnati, 26.3. Cincinnati's going to have to put their big boy pants on to win this game. Yeah, they will. And I believe that they will. All right. Another team that you, you like, we both like, the Miami Dolphins have been on like a little win streak lately. They're going to have to go in and play the Tennessee Titans, who we're not sure who the Titans are. Are they going to get the King back before the playoffs or by the playoffs? Derrick Henry? Uh, rumor has it that he will be available in the playoffs, but I don't know how far they're going to have to go before they can get him back. Um, I don't think he'd be ready for a first-round game, but, you know – well, the bias plus score is 2.6 favors those Tennessee Titans. So if they continue to find their running game in his absence, you know, they'll be back to uh, a point where the quarterback now feels comfortable again with the way that they play their game. But that's a small bias right there. And Tua, Tungavailoa, did I say it right? Yes, you did. Oh, my goodness. It must be COVID. Um, bias plus score 2.6 favorites the Titans who you got I'm riding the Tua hype train seven wins in a row I think they're going to win number eight I believe they take the Tennessee Titans out also if I'm not mistaken and we'll have uh, a better idea of this I, I want to wait till next week before we figure out who's all locked in and who's clinched this and who's clinched that. But I think the Titans clinched their division. I'm not 100% sure. If they didn't, they're close to it, but I believe they already did. So uh, I like Miami's chances going in here and beating this team. I really do. I, I like the way Tua's playing right now. Uh, I, was, I made some notes here 
about their losing streak and then their winning streak. And in their win streak, I know some people will poo-poo it because they beat teams like Houston and the Jets twice and they beat the Giants. But they also beat the Saints last week and they beat them convincingly, 20 to three, okay? So they put up 20 on that vaunted defense and they locked them boys down to a field goal. I think that's pretty interesting. I, I like the Dolphins. I like the way they're playing now, especially defensively. And although I love A.J. Brown being back for the Titans, we're going to have to see if he's going to be able to generate enough uh, through the air for Tannehill being locked up man-to-man almost 100% all day long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It might be tough to find him in those kind of circumstances. Uh, I like Miami. I like Miami in this game. Well, um, the Titans have not locked up a playoff spot yet. Now, they might be first in their division. Okay. Um, but uh, not not quite yet. So, bottom line, you're going with? I'm going with the Miami Dolphins. Going with the Dolphins. Going against the bias. Uh. Las Vegas Raiders at Indianapolis Colts. Bias plus score of 13.1 favors those Indianapolis Colts. Got to go with the Colts here, although this could be a little bit of a trap game. Um, Poor Raiders, I'm telling you. The Raiders have put up with a lot of stuff, man. The Raiders have had a lot of stuff going on going against them with with Gruden and Ruggs and, you know, injuries and this, that, and the other. I don't believe that the Raiders will win this game. I will go with the bias, and I want to pick the Colts to win this game. But this could be a trap game for the Colts. They have to watch out. They can't be fooling around. They can't be experimenting. They got to stick to who they are. And they're going to have to run the ball consistently, which they shouldn't have trouble doing, and keep Wentz from having to get into a scoring match. If the Raiders have one thing going for them, though, they run the ball pretty well also. Josh Jacobs seems to be overall his foot and ankle issues and has been running the ball really well lately. Um, Not 100% sure if Darren Waller will be back this week, but Hunter Renfro. Man, Hunter Renfro has proven himself to be a top-notch wide receiver, especially on a team that lost um, Deshaun Jackson, although he wasn't doing that much for them, but he was their supposed deep threat. They lost Ruggs, the big-time speed guy. They got another speed guy in Zay Jones, but he doesn't get open and catch as many balls anywhere near as much and as many as Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro runs the entire route tree, has sure hands, and he has pretty good speed. So that makes the Raiders dangerous, but I'm going to pick the Colts. Go with the bias. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what you call full circle, ladies and germs. <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars at the New England Patriots. Bias plus score 22.2. Favors those Patriots. Two rookie quarterbacks, number one draft pick. Where did Mac Jones come in again? Somewhere around mid-range uh, first round, right? 12, end of the first I believe. Round. He was almost the end of the first round. 
Okay. Yeah, I was thinking 12, but okay. Uh, I was thinking he was like 20th. Really? He hung around, he hung around for a while because, it, you know, people were talking about the Patriots trying to move up. And then when they didn't move up, it was becoming pretty clear that they were going to wait and try to get jumped. So um, that worked out for them. Uh, I, I, I like Mac Jones. I like their defense. I'm going to pick the Patriots to win this game simply because of their defense. The Jacksonville Jaguars just don't have enough on offense, <coughs> excuse me, to be able to threaten these guys. And their number one running back is now out for the season, uh, James Robinson. So, uh, yeah, the Jacksonville Jaguars are in a lot of trouble here. Um, this, this shouldn't be much of a game, really. Go with the Patriots. It's going to be cold. Coming up from Florida, uh, this one could get ugly. This a, this would be a bounce back game for Mac Jones. Yeah, I thought about that. You know, um, I'm having some issues, Ben, with how happy some of these teams are that they come in and beat some made up team. And I, I think I saw that one with the Cowboys. You know, they come in. I think they played when they played Washington. You know, Washington's playing with a quarterback that, that you know, was on the couch a, a week ago. Yeah, I get it. But when they slaughter them, that does mean something. No, what it means is that they ran up the score unnecessarily. Because, again, you told me about our boy Corey Clement, right, blocking a yes. bus. And, oh, by yes. the way, his dad has been on my butt about making sure we get Corey into the – uh, you know, you're actually, I was going to wait for the fourth quarter, but now we're here now. Corey <laughs> Clement, who's dead, Steve, Hollywood, Clement, <laughs> friend of the show, all right, called me the other night. I saw his name on my phone, and I answered the phone. Yeah, man, I saw it. <laughs> all right. Dr. Clement. But his, sec his second thing was, besides the fact that his son blocked the punt, was how come he didn't get more carries in that game? Why did they have Pollard still in the game? Still in the game. Uh, yes, still in the game, unnecessarily, as you said, with plantar fasciitis, okay, and the playoffs coming up. Corey got could have got a lot more carries in that game. So, yeah, he's, he's absolutely right about that. Well, and you're absolutely I, right about that. This is why I didn't see the second half, okay? At the end of the first half, I think the score is like 35 to 3. Probably. Okay. Dallas is acting like they're in a two-minute drill to score. Right. All right. Now, you could have ran two plays and let the clock go. It had been 35 to 3 going into the half. Right. You didn't need to put up another seven points on this squad. Really? You really felt you need and Got almost got their tight end decapitated coming across the middle, catching a ball. There's no need for him to take that hit. There was absolutely no need for that. So at that point, I was like, uh, I don't, I'm not liking this. This kind of smells a little bit. So I just, well, uh, you know, you did, there's a fine line between a team that's beginning to really, really click and wants some momentum to carry into the playoffs. They don't want to slow down. They don't want to, you know, it's, it's almost, I don't know if this is a good analogy, but it's almost the whole, you know, 
do we bench our starters in week 18 if we already have everything clinched? You know what I mean? Do you want to kill your momentum or do you want to run some plays that you know you want to put on film for playoff teams? Do you show your total dominance? Do you simply take what this other team is just given to you? They're just giving us this. Let's take it. And I'm not defending them. All I'm saying is when you're a team like this, you 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 got to look at both sides of it. Well, again, you don't take your foot they off. Had the a, they had a whole second half to show their dominance. I understand that, but it's the <laughs> NFL, bro. If anybody ever takes their foot off the gas, it's not till the fourth quarter. That's that you know that. Nobody in the NFL takes their foot off the gas till the fourth quarter. Depends on what you mean by gas, because remember my whole point about football. One of the great things about football is that it is a matter of controlling time and space, okay? And when you're leading scoring-wise, time is on your side, okay? I almost want to ring, sing the song, Time is on Your Side. It's on your side. So you <laughs> kill the Falcons. time. Atlanta huh? Falcons. Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> oh, the Atlanta Falcons were dumb, and they turned the ball over, you know? That's what happens when you take your foot off the ground. No, no. Let me um, tell you. you bro, can, nobody does it, man. Nobody does it. Not saying it's smart. Nobody, they don't do nobody it. tries to control the ball and slow things down in the NFL when they got a big lead. They keep punching away until they beat you in a submission, and then they send the backup in for victory formation. That's it. That's all. That's how it's done. Nobody's going to do that. Okay. Well, if they're not going to do it, that's because that sometimes like when you lose, I don't think it's smart. Sometimes you pull momentum out from under yourself, and then you find that you have to keep the starters in at the end of the game because the other team has found something that starts to come back on you. Nobody wants that to happen. Nobody. Everybody <laughs> wants to dominate. You had done two, done. If you had two regularly staffed teams, I could kind of see that. But you got a professional. You think they team. care? Huh? Nobody cares about that. Oh, well, they're missing a lot of starters, so they'll never come back on us. So we can just run the ball and we can put the third stringers in because they'll never come back because well, all their starters are out sick. Nobody the does last, that. I'm just talking about the last minute of the first half. That's all I'm talking about. Okay? Key words. First half. As far as I'm concerned, you know, you, you those guys had their tail behind, you know, tucked up behind their legs. They were, they were ready to go in. You could have sent them in. They were scratching their head. They didn't know what they could do. They couldn't do anything, okay? And you're trying to score. You know what it does remind me of, though, Benny? Our boy Tyrus Robinson <laughs> used to take me to Camden High School games. And you talk about running up the score. Camden High School in basketball back in the day was taking – I remember. You remember that? Yes. Everybody for running up the score. <laughs> yes. I'm it's telling you, 100 to 37. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does not matter. All Total right. dominance. So you're but going anyway, with the Patriots. Take the Patriots. Take the Patriots. We went, we went left on that one. All right. Talk about a get. Well, you, these guys are right. So I don't know about get right. Tampa Bay at the New York Jets. Bias plus score 21.6. Favors the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who was it? Was it was it um, the Jets quarterback 
who took off running, ran for like 57 yards. Yeah, that was a nice run. That was actually a really nice run. He could have ran out of bounds a couple of different times and had picked up a nice run. And he cut back in and then got back to the sideline and took it all the way. That was a nice run. Well, Most quarterbacks. Nice run. And very interestingly, you know, in college, they just had a, a whole controversy about the quarterback because he was running. Then he looked like he was going to slide, but he did slide. <laughs> he kept on running. Well, just, that, that's the thing. I, I have seen quarterbacks fake like they're going out of bounds and get another, an extra yard or two. But that was the first time I saw the fake slide. And in fact, I think if they haven't made the rule change, they're going to make the rule change that you can't do that. Yeah, they made, the I whole, think they made the rule change. But like you said, I don't know if it was just suggested. It came no, up. I, as a, and I get it. I get it because the whole thing, the, the slide has been designed to keep the quarterback safe. So now if he's going to fake slide and, and somebody blows him up, you know, and they say, well, I, I thought he was going to fake. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it makes sense. If you're going to do it, you got to do it. That's, that's borderline unfair to be able to fake a slide. It's just, yeah, because the whole idea is if you don't want to get crushed, you can slide. And we will penalize anybody who hits you egregiously. In a, in a weird sort of analogy, you know, when you said somebody blows your quarterback up, that's what's going to happen. You know, eventually the guy's exactly like, what's okay, happen. unless you're actually down, I'm smashing. Right. You know? He wasn't all the way down. So I thought, hey, he might be fake. You can say, you know, it's funny. I used to watch the, uh, the, the uh, horror movie, the Halloween horror movies. And, and you would see people do something stupid. And you're like, you're going to get everybody killed. <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's what's going to happen. These guys are going to get other quarterbacks hurt, faking slides and stuff like that. But beyond the fake slide, um, there is no fake about the slide that the Jets have made relative to their rankings and definitely uh, not in favor when it comes to the bias plus score. So Buccaneers, 21.6, you you're not messing with that, are you? No, I'm not going to mess with that at all. I'm going to take the Buccaneers – uh, the Jets had a pretty good game again. That was against the Jaguars last week, by the way. That's a pretty good game to watch. It's twenty-one twenty-three. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, the Jets can't stand up to the Buccaneers. And I actually, think we talked about how we, there was a potential for good games when you have two teams that so equally ranked, right? As even far though they're as, low, <laughs> right? As far as it being an entertaining game to watch, right? Exactly. You know. Even if both teams are bad, those games end up being good competitive games. Exactly. Exactly. Was it uh, <laughs> it been Badgers against the Falcons or Badgers against <laughs> back in the day when we were playing? Had a few oh, good games. There was a team, because we used to win like two or three games a season. As bad as we were, there were teams that we used to beat. Right. <laughs> and I can't remember who the heck they were. I can remember all the teams. Bears. I think we used to beat us. the Bears because my, my Bears? cousin, Dwayne, uh, rest his heart, yes. rest in peace. Yes. That was one of them. That was one of them. And uh, <laughs> did we beat Tommy O's? Oh, my God. Jeez. Remember the guy that wore the green jerseys? All white guys from Sharon Hill. <laughs> yeah. With <we're> that. <dead. laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I think we beat them too. We think you had, buddy. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> oh, we, we didn't finish on this. I'm sorry. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Football Team, a division game. Bias plus point one favors those Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles saw what the Cowboys could do, and if they're listening to Ben, they're going to put this smash down on the on the Washington Football Team and not let up, even if they're winning big time, which the Eagles seem to be doing a little bit of lately. Yeah, here's the difference. Okay. The Eagles struggled against a bad Giants team last week in the first half. That's what the Eagle fans are missing. Yeah, we kicked their butts. We we crushed them 34 to 10. Wasn't it like 10 to 10 to 13 to 10 or 14 to 10 at halftime? That game lulled me to sleep because I'm looking at three. And I'm going, okay, is this what we got? This is what we got. And then I don't know if I took a nap or what. And I looked up, and I scored all these points. I'm like, what happened? <laughs> I wasn't even going to watch the game, but I happened to be in the bar, and they had it on because there's a bunch of Eagle fans in the bar. And I'm, I'm watching the game. I'm like, I'm on, not even really why. I'm drinking, I'm talking, I'm looking, I'm drinking, talking, looking. I'm looking at the score. I'm like, when are y'all going to score again? <laughs> Oh, don't worry better, man. We way better than y'all. I said, well, wake me up when y'all show it. <laughs> like, then they got going in the second half, and they did what they were supposed to do against a team that they were supposedly far superior then. This is a trap game, folks. It could happen again, okay? I believe they didn't have an easy way with Washington the first time that they played them up here. They ended up well, winning. Washington had COVID issues last week, didn't they? Yes, they did. I think those guys are going to be back this week. Different team. Uh, also, Different McLaurin team. didn't do much. I'm not sure about Heineke. I don't know if Heineke's going to be back or not. If Heineke's back, this could be a problem for the Eagles. Everybody's laughing and saying this game's going to be easy. I don't think this game's going to be easy. Um, you know, I already got enough people on my case, so I'm going to pick the Eagles to win. But I'm warning you, this is a trap game. The Eagles are supposed to win this game. The Eagles should win this game. The Eagles are the better team right now at this moment. But if something bad happens, I'm not going to be surprised. Well, the numbers as we look at them in terms of scoring margins, after we had that long conversation about the Cowboys pouring in on the hapless Washington football team, unnecessarily turns out that over the last three weeks, the Eagles are plus 16.3 in average scoring differential, which puts them at third place over the last three weeks. So they scored a lot of points in the what second half of the game, right? The Washington football team (laughs) is last at minus 19.7 on average because of all of those unnecessary points that, uh, and some of them were just, I mean, look, a block kick, you know, ending up in points is just, you know, just, you know, it is in the, in the course of a game. I got no problem with that. You know, it's just that when you seem to go outside the course of a normal game, um, in any event, you're going with the Eagles, maintaining your uh, connection to all your friends and family. 
<laughs> Philadelphia. I, I don't really care about that. I just get tired of hearing the, the, the whole narrative. You know what I mean? Is your brother like is, won is the game? Head blowing up right now. I I have no clue, man. He he's yo. He might be picking the University of Cincinnati to beat Alabama this weekend. So I, I'm on upset alert at this point. <laughs> Cincinnati is his squad. Them boys is undefeated, man. That's his squad. Is that really his squad? Eh? That's his college squad. I mean, this year. But this year, okay. He, yeah, he doesn't have a – no, no, he doesn't have a – he picks teams in the beginning of the season. I think this is going to be good. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going – and he told me it was – they were 4-0 and or 3-0. and And he says, watch Cincinnati. I'm like, Cincinnati? I said, Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, they're usually pretty good. They usually win their conference, you know. And then they beat Notre Dame. In Notre Dame. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. They're good. They're good. I don't think they'll beat Alabama, but they're good. Well, Ben, what's not good right now is Lamar Jackson's ankle. Not good. L.A. Rams at Baltimore Ravens. Bias plus score of seven favors the Rams. And if Lamar – well, actually, we were – was it Huntley who's taking his place? Yes. And we were kind of impressed with Huntley. Very impressed with Huntley. And then Josh Johnson comes in last week. And although they lost the game, he had good numbers. Mm. And I, if I remember correctly, he had just gotten there a week before. Right. <laughs> yeah, they brought him in like, I believe I heard uh, Good Morning Football. They said 11 days prior to the game, he showed up. And he threw for 300-something. That was pretty good. You know, but, it, uh, it's funny it with this bad. COVID thing. Yeah. Because I always tell people in the beginning, I was a Zoom user for a while before COVID. And then when COVID hit, it went from like $10 a share to like 400 or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I would love to get in on this, but I think that I know, I know that this was driven by COVID and, you know, everybody wanting to go virtual, but then they're going to want to go back from virtual. Well, we started to go back and now we're back to virtual and their stock is 200. Now I'm like, okay, is the new way of the world, do I jump in now or is it fairly priced? I don't know. But the Rams at plus seven seems fairly priced right now against the Ravens. Who's playing? You know who the quarterback is this week? It's not looking good for Lamar, although they haven't ruled him out yet. I didn't check on Huntley's um, health, but I'm pretty sure Huntley should be able to go, uh, which is a good thing for the Ravens. Uh, what's bad for the Ravens is they are challenged against the run. They're severely challenged against the pass, and Matt Stafford is on a mission to prove to everybody that his move to the Rams is going to turn out to be a Super Bowl. So Stafford's on a mission. Um, Beckham is showing his worth, uh, and he seems to be fine with playing second fiddle to Cooper Cup, um, which is a good thing. Uh, Sony Michelle, who was basically riding the pine for the first half of the season, now has fresh legs and is is 
killing people with the run game. And now he doesn't have to look over his shoulder. <laughs> right when he thought he didn't have to look over his shoulder, uh, Daryl Henderson went down. But now Cam Akers is Cam back. back. Yeah. I love Cam Akers. I had big things ready for Cam Akers coming into this season when he blew out his Achilles in training camp. That made me so sad because I really, really like Cam Akers. But now it looks like he's back. He should get some run in this game. I don't know how much they'll use him, but if they're going to use him in the playoffs, they're going to have to start getting him on the field to ramp him up because, you know, practice and games is two different things. Um, I got to like the Rams in this game. They have everything going for them, and the Ravens have hardly anything going for them, except for yeah, Mark Andrews. The Ravens, Baltimore on for the year, year to date is, is giving up on average of 23.7 points per game. Okay? Yeah. Over the season. But over the last few weeks, 32 points per game they're giving up. So Yeah, they're they're in trouble. They they they, they got to get that together. And uh, I still don't know whether or not to buy any Zoom stock. <laughs> <laughs> Denver Broncos at the LA Chargers. Bias plus score of 2.9, a little one. Favors those Denver Broncos. And those Denver Broncos on a points against basis are looking really good. I believe over the last few weeks, where are they at? Denver is one, two, three, four, five, six. Only giving up 14, 14 points per game over the last few weeks. So you got to watch out for those Denver Broncos, man. Mm. <laughs> Potential yeah. game of the week also, let me mention. True, true. I would agree with that. 2.9, though. I don't think that's enough. Broncos defense is pretty tight. But again... As long as Drew uh, Locke is the quarterback, they're never going to be able to expect much out of their offense except for their running game. They've taken uh, – they've turned one of the potentially great young receiver cores, and they've turned them into basically nothing, like Patrick, Sutton, uh, Jerry Judy. Uh, you barely hear these guys' names anymore since Teddy Two Gloves went down. That's how bad Drew Locke is. The good thing for them is, as long as they can keep scores tight, they can use Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And if they can do that, they can usually keep games close and possibly squeeze out a win. That's what they tried to do last week against the Raiders. Unfortunately, the Raiders beat them. And the score was only 17-13. So those are the kind of games that the Broncos are going to have to have in order for them to get wins, you know? Um, that being said, the Chargers took one of the more inexplicable losses last week. Um, in fact, I, I don't want to give it away, but we're going to talk about it in the fourth quarter uh, as the, the BB of the week, if anybody who's watching knows what that stands for. Uh -huh. So this is a definite must have bounce back game for them. I'm going to take the Chargers. Uh, they're going to be at home. 
And I just think that they will find a way to get the ball in the end zone and the Broncos won't. It's as simple as that. The, the problem is the Chargers run defense is abysmal. It's horrible. You and me could line up. I'll be, I'll be the fullback and you can run the ball and we can move it on the Chargers. Okay. It's crazy, man. I, it's unbelievable how a team can be that bad against the run. It's, it's, it's crazy. The Houston Texans running backs had a field day on the yeah. Chargers. A yeah. field day. Is, and, that's terrible. And, like you and said, a, lot of it, a lot of it is poor tackling, which is even more inexcusable to me. But, you know, what are you going to do? I say bounce back for the Chargers. I believe they will win this game. Well, it's interesting that you believe they'll win this game with that poor uh, uh, run defense. And then you say Denver Broncos are going to have to lean on their run game? Yes, they will. So, yeah, that's a, that's a crazy scenario. As I'm looking at the last few weeks, Denver net uh, margin, net differential is on average is plus 6.3. The Chargers are minus 0.7. So over the last few weeks, it's been all about Denver. True. And that's probably why they were favored in this game, even based on year-to-date stats. But you're going to go against the bias. Yes. With the Chargers. Yes. You just like Herbert. That's all, man. You just. That's true. You think Herbert's going to be able to pull the pull the rabbit out of the hat here, bro? I got fantasy championships riding on that boy. <laughs> I have, well, if there's any bias in the world, it's this these fantasy guys. They got plenty of bias. They got a bias for everybody like to go around. Please. Please. Okay. Here's my bias right here. Trap my game. San Francisco 49ers. Houston trap game. Trap this game. This is a trap game. Man, because we both like Davis Mills. Is it Davis or David Mills? Davis in Texas, we both like them, but the bias plus score of 12.6. Not bad. Favorites the San Francisco 49ers. We could possibly have two rookie quarterbacks going at it again in this interconference game with Houston having nothing to lose and San Francisco fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, here we go. Bias plus score 12.6 favors. San Francisco 49ers, who you got? This is not necessarily the game that you want Trey Lance to have to start. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. This, this game has trap written all over it, man. First of all, we know the Houston Texans can run the ball. Yeah. We know that. We're both somewhat impressed. Well, at least they could run the ball against poor run defenses. Now, how they can do against well, a better you, run defense, we'll have to see. Well, you, your run de- defense is better. <laughs> it's, it's definitely better. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If the Texans can put together the right kind of game plan, run the ball well, first of all, they'll have to run it well. Because you don't want to have to put the ball in the Davis uh, uh, Davis Mills' hands for him to win the game for you, but it's another one of those situations where if you can keep it close, there's a possibility. Now, let's not forget 
not only did the Texans win, they scored 41 points last week. Okay. I'm just saying, 41 points. This is a trap game, bro. <laughs> this one's scary. This was real scary. I'm going to take the 49ers because I honestly believe they are the far better team. Far better. But better than 12.6, I think. But something's going on down there in Houston. Something's going on with that coach. Something's going on with those players. Those guys are playing with a lot of pride. They're playing really hard. They seem to have figured out, okay, this is what we got left. These are our players. This is how we have to approach games. They seem to be kind of coming together. That is dangerous for a team like the Niners. Now, what I will say is the good thing about the Niners is the diversity of your offense. Y'all come out with all kind of crazy stuff going on, okay? Didn't even use Kittle last week. Uh, so I'm expecting a big game out of him. Um, Debo is going to be Debo. Uh, Elijah Mitchell should be back. Um, Wilson's not hurt. So now you got two running backs, not just one. So you don't have to, you know, wear one out. Although that seems to be what Shanahan likes to do is to stick with one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't know, bro. Okay, here's the, here's the thing. You got to play Trey Lance. You cannot play Garoppolo. Garoppolo has a fractured finger. I forget if it's his thumb or not. And the reason that they're, they haven't ruled him out is it's a clean fracture and the bone is not displaced. I read up on this. So the bone is in place. So as long as he doesn't bang it or hit it or like catch himself falling or something, that bone should stay where it is. So then it comes down to pain management. That, that's the first situation. Of all, first of all, just before you go any further, please, before you go to pain management, let's just go back to as long as he doesn't bang it <laughs> or fall on it. Yeah, right. This is football. <laughs> I understand that. Okay. I understand that. But Drew Brees, Drew Brees played with the same thing for almost a whole season. Really? Until he, until he hit somebody's helmet which we know can happen. Okay. I didn't know Drew Brees had that same. Yeah, Drew Brees had the same thing. Now, here's the, here's the other tricky I, thing. I, let me just say, I do believe this is the only time I've ever heard Jimmy Garoppolo and Drew Brees using the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's a reason why they haven't ruled Garoppolo out. That's all I'm saying. And I've been hearing great things about Trey Lance in practice. They said he's looking fantastic. Uh, he's understanding the offense. He's throwing the ball well in practice and all that stuff. I get it. But they're still holding out hope that Garoppolo will be able to play. I think what's going to happen is they're going to say he's a game-time decision, and then right before the game, they're going to rule him out. They're just, they're just trying to get Trey Lance ready. That's all. They don't want to say, Trey Lance is our guy on Wednesday or Thursday or today's Friday. They may say it today. They may announce him as the starter today after practice because Garoppolo can't practice. That's another bad thing. He can't practice because if he hurts it in practice, then the game is out. 
You know, the other thing that's interesting here is that, you know, we have a lot of those plays where you're faking here and you're faking there and all of that's that. Right. How much of that that's is right. going to be effect, affected? Put your hand in there on a handoff and who knows? You know, it, so. It would be crazy for them to play him. It really, in, my, in my mind, you got to sit him and you got to start Trey Lance and keep your fingers crossed and be happy that all the progress he's made, you have a chance to see it pay off. If you well, believe you know, in him, he's your future, and he's looking good, get him out there. All right. Whether or not we get the chance to see Trey Lance in action, I did want to mention, because you talked about Davis Mills, and <clears throat> the funny thing about the Houston Texans is that they are still trying to win. Yes. And they're playing well under coach David Culley. Yes. If he beats my Niners, which is, you know, let me put the, you know, up against it now. I don't want that to happen at all. He might, they might have to start talking about him a coach of the year. Cause I don't know what, what <laughs> other coach has, has had to overcome what he's had to overcome, even to win a few good games. That's you know true. I mean? Gee, he, Christmas. And they don't I even mean, mention that he's an African-American coach. That's not even an issue. He don't even get credit for being a, a, a minority coach in this situation, you know? Right, a situation that was bad from day one for him. From day one. <laughs> Woo. Oh, you know, I mean, maybe the Raiders, you know, but they didn't have a new coach come in, you know, and have to, you know, well, they had they have their interim coach. Yeah, but interim coaches and but they but but they didn't have all the issues for higher up the organization, you know, right. going right. on with them, much right. less a major civil slash potentially criminal scenario going on with their hanging over their heads. That's hanging over their heads, man. That's the whole crazy. time, the whole time, the you whole know? time. It's amazing when I hear teams still talking about potentially taking Deshaun Watson. You know, maybe we could trade for the. And I'm like, really? You, you know, you really want to mess with Deshaun Watson right now? Really? You know? Anywho, you're going to go with the Niners? Yes, sir. Arizona Cardinals at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, is this intriguing, Benny? All right. So, look, <laughs> I made a request for the Cardinals to be part of an intriguing game last week. You gave me my wish. And they let me down. So, no. <laughs> I do not want this to be the intriguing game of the week, although it is an intriguing game. But don't waste your time on these guys until they prove something to me. And this is the game where they can prove it. If they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs, they have to be able to handle this Dallas Cowboys offense because it don't look like anybody else can right now. So if they're going to prove something to their fans and to everybody else, this is the game when they're going to have to do it. And they got to go to Jerry World to do it. And believe Five me. Plus 4.3 favors those Dallas Cowboys. If you think Dallas came out with both guns blazing last week against Washington, believe me, they're going to try to get their feet on the Cardinals' necks early and pound them into submission. I remember what we remember we used to talk about uh, when Lamar, especially trying to get um, 
uh, what, what do they call it? A shadow or something for the quarterback? Somebody spy the quarterback? A spy, yes. A spy. Can you imagine? Uh, uh, I don't think any, I don't think Kyler has seen a spy like Michael like Michael Parsons. Parsons? <laughs> no. no, he don't want none of that smooth. <laughs> no, he won't run. He won't be able to run. They can take they can take Kyler running ability out of this game if they want to. I don't think they will. I don't think they're going to feel like it's necessary. But if they, they send him on a blitz or just line him up on the edge and let him go, Kyler's going to have a long day, man, a real long day. I can see Kyler now breaking out, kind of like Buda Baker did on the interception against this, the Seattle Seahawks. And he's running now. <laughs> And then all of a sudden he looks behind him and Michael Parsons is rolling up on him like a train. <laughs> so, yeah, there's I, something not, about this game. He but may not be able to get – he may not be able to turn the corner on, on Micah. Say he that again? Not, even if he gets outside, if Micah's chasing him, he may not be able to turn the corner on him. <laughs> that's what he not. does. He stretches you to the sideline and just and turns the corner, and these guys dive and miss. I don't know. I don't know. He's gonna be able to pull that on Micah. <laughs> I gotta go with the Cowboys on this one, man. And the, the Cardinals are just not who they were in the first half of the season when they were ripping off wins left and right. And um again. Their defense is going to be challenged to slow the Cowboys' offense down if they're going to have any chance at all in winning this game. I got to go with Dallas at home. I just – I have to. I like the Cardinals. I really do. But, yeah, this this one's going to be tough. This one's going to be tough. I hope it's a good game. It has the potential to be a really good game. But the Cardinals are going to have to really snap out of whatever the heck has been wrong with them for the last couple of weeks. Even if they do, I still like Dallas. Yeah, I mean, Dallas over the last few weeks is averaging 21.3 points per game, um, or excuse me, winning by plus 21.3 points per game on average. Mm -hmm. Indianapolis, on the other hand, yes, man, where are they here? Okay. No, I'm saying Indianapolis. What's wrong? Arizona. We're talking about Arizona. I, I knew there was a uh, a vowel in there somewhere. Arizona minus ten point three over the last three weeks in terms of their net points. So that's what you call a funk. Yeah, <laughs> right there. Yeah. So there you go. Um, going with the Cowboys. Next up. Panthers at Saints. Spiders score 5.9 favorites to Saints. I think in last week's game or week before that, you said, we don't know who the Saints quarterback is going to be. Right. Let's say that about the Carolina Panthers now that they brought Sam Darnold back. They don't know what they want to do at quarterback. They have no clue. I'll tell you this, though. What they do know is ever since that first game they can play, he hasn't done diddly poo. Nothing. He hasn't even come close to doing anything. Wait, did you know that you used the diddly poo, which is synonymous with Saints history? 
Did you do that on purpose? Yes, yes, okay. I did. <laughs> yes, I did. That's the famous playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> yeah, that comes from that famous speech. Yes. I, bro, I, I don't even, this might be the intriguing game of the week because I have no clue what's going to happen in this game. I really don't. I got to go with the Saints. I think the Saints have the, 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 the far better defense at this point. And the Panthers' defense has played valiantly over the course of the season. They really have. But offensively, they're a mess. They're a mess. You know, McCaffrey went down. Hubbard looked like he was going to fill in admirably. I haven't heard his name mentioned in the last three weeks. You know, <laughs> and fantasy, I look at everybody. He's way down the list, bro. He's not getting it done, which means to me that the offensive line is challenged. You, you, you go with Cam, you, you kind of know what you're going to get, basically nothing. You go with Sam Darnold, you kind of know what you're going to get, turnovers. It, it, it's, it's, I got to go with the Saints. First of all, they're home. Second of all, their fans love them and are behind them. Third of all, they've been playing really, really hard, trying to live off their defense until they can right the ship offensively. Some of those receivers, those no-name guys, people are starting to know who they are now, the kid Callaway. Um, the kid, uh, see, I forgot his name already. Johnson, Juwan Johnson, um, uh, Deontay Harris. There's a Harris kid. They're starting to catch the ball. They're starting to improve their route running. They're starting to catch the ball. Um, if they can just settle in on somebody, which, uh, again, we'll have to see what Taysom's condition is. Cause if Taysom comes back to me, this one's a no brainer. The saints will beat the Panthers handily. If it's somebody else, and I don't think they like Simeon, to tell you the truth, Simeon will probably only play if it's an emergency. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with the Saints. I have no clue. I haven't looked and seen who's healthy, who's not. I just think the Saints are far better. The Panthers are jacked up right now. I feel sorry for their head coach because I like Matt Rule. But it, it, what started off to be looking like the Panthers were going to be able to come back and become a viable team again. Um, it's it's just a mess right now. It's just a mess right now. Got to go Saints. Well, <clears throat> I'm with you there. Um, I just think it's interesting that when Sam <laughs> Darnold went down and they went and got Cam, and I was like, Sam Darnold's has been running the ball. It, it was almost like they went and got another running quarterback because Sam Darnold was scoring more touchdowns running than he was passing for a while right. there. And uh, the same thing for um, <laughs> one Cam Newton, you know, more touchdowns running than, than passing. But it didn't go far away from what they were doing anyway. It wasn't super effective, but that's kind of what was happening. And so that's what they were doing. Uh, 5.9 favors the Saints on a bias plus score. You're going with the bias and the Saints. Yes, sir. Can the Detroit Lions go in, face the 12th man in Seattle, and deal with the Seattle Seahawks, even though the bias plus score of 8.9 favors those Seattle Seahawks? Could they maybe, maybe, maybe get another well, answer, win under their belt? The, the answer to the question is yes. Now, whether they will or not, I don't know. Uh, man, those Lions. Ooh, man. All right, well, 
if this game was in Detroit, I'd probably go with the Lions. Really? Uh, yeah, because I went with them last week against a team, the Falcons, that they should have beaten, but they had to go to Atlanta, and they came up short. Uh, I don't remember a whole bunch of the specifics of the game, but I don't think Jared Goff played, so that was a, probably an issue. Um, and we've talked pretty bad about Jared Goff over the course of the season when they were losing. Why we thought he was going to be some kind of savior for them, I don't know. But actually, he's been playing pretty well until he, he got hurt the other day. So, um, again, if they had played the Falcons in Detroit, they would have probably won that game. They lost 20 to 16, and the Falcons ain't much to write home about. The Seahawks have their own issues also. Now, the good thing for the Seahawks is they kind of re uh, or kind of revved up their running game again a little bit. I still don't know what happened to DK Metcalf. Something ain't right with him. Something's not quite right with him. His route he running looks decent, like it's off. He had a decent game last week. He did catch the ball or two. Yeah, but a ball or two is not good enough for a guy like him, man. He doesn't seem to be – it's like they don't trust him on certain routes. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. I haven't been able to watch them closely enough, but he's not himself. Um, he hasn't he, – he definitely hasn't improved the way that he thought – the way I thought he would after the season that he had last year. Um, thank God they've got Lockett, and he's healthy now. So the Seahawks will win this game, but this may be a bit of a challenging game for them. Uh, they should probably lean on their run game with Rashad Penny, who seems to have uh, resurrected his career. Uh, short as it has been, it was looking like he was going to be uh, basically a, a backup running back. But he's, he's finally got himself at 100% physically and um, been running the ball well over the last couple of weeks. So if they can lean on that, only throw the ball to DK and to uh, lock it when they have to, they should have more than enough to beat Detroit. Um, what's scary about Detroit is uh, Amon Ra St. Brown. Woo, man, that kid's blowing up, man. That kid is blowing up. He is what I consider a real deep threat. He's the difference between deep threat and take the top off guy because he delivers. Not only does he get deep, but he can get open and he catches the ball. He does it all. So they don't just run him downfield and then throw it under him. They do that, but that's not what he's primarily there for. He's there to get big scores, and that's what he's been doing. So they're going to have to have something planned for him defensively. Uh, and keep everything underneath with them. I, I don't know if DeAndre Swift is going to be back in this game. They, they rumored him to be back last week, but still, eh, Seahawks are better. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Uh, well, I mean, you know, absolutely. Uh, the Seahawks had such a disappointing year. Net point-wise, they were at negative uh, 0.1, okay? Over the last three weeks, they've been plus three, but that's not saying a whole bunch. Um, now, the Bears beat them at home last week. They, the Bears went up there and beat the 12th man. Bears did it. So, 
you know, the Bears can do it, uh, the Lions can do it, but you know, they shouldn't. That's the bottom they line. Should. They yeah, should. they shouldn't. Logic dictates. Hey Ben, logic's been yeah. out the window this this season, hasn't it? Yeah, crazy. <laughs> Speaking of logic out the window, Kirk Cousins, the ultimate mind fartologist at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, oh no, he's not going to be there, is he? he <laughs> Are you sure mind. about that report? Wait, I got to look that up. You might be lying to me. Bias plus score three point six favors the Green Bay Packers with Kirk Cousins. These are all Kirk Cousins statistics that went into this particular bias. I I, I got to make sure you didn't misread that. You got to make sure that I didn't. Vikings Kirk Cousins enters COVID protocols, won't play versus Packers. Okay, that's done. So take the Packers, ladies and gentlemen. This was a potential, in my mind, a potential intriguing game of the week or an intri- uh, a candidate for it. Uh, now game. it is not. Oh, it's still going to be an intriguing game. Still going to be a good game. Uh, who's the Vikings' backup? Kirk's played all year, right? Yeah. Got no mm-hmm. playing time, whoever he is. I'll tell you who mm-hmm. that's in, in a minute. <laughs> but, yeah, he's got no playing time, you know. Um, Sean Mannion. Mannion, I remember that. Yeah, Sean Mannion. He's been around for a little bit. Um, here's the dangerous thing. Well, the bad thing for the Vikings is Kirk just went out, what, yesterday? Yeah. Okay. So yesterday was Thursday. Today is Friday. So that means uh, Kirk Mannion has basically two days with the first-team offense to get himself up to speed. Uh, But I believe that he's been there for a while. So he's familiar with the game plans. He's been in the film sessions. He knows, you know – the balance of run and pass, and he, he knows he knows all the particulars about the offense. So that's a good thing. If he can find – and Adam Thielen is out for the season, by the way, so that's not a good thing for him, but he still has Justin Jefferson, and he still has K.J. Osborne. He's going to have to throw the ball to them somewhere along the line. But if he listens to Ben and Barry on football, he will have heard me say – several times and today that the way to beat the Packers is to control the ball on the ground and Dalvin Cook is back. They got to come out, run heavy, and keep this game close so that they don't have to depend on man. They got to use time of possession. They need long drives, and they need to finish them off with six points or three points. One or the other, because if they don't, it's going to be a long day. Yeah, here's the Vikings quarterback. Okay, game plan. Let's keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Okay, (laughs) that's it. We got a shot. That's it. We got (laughs) to run the ball, and we have to throw the ball underneath. Move the chains. Nice long, methodical drives, and we must put up points at the end of every drive. I don't care if it's a field goal. I don't care what it is. The end of every drive must be with points. It's the only way they're going to stay in this game. But the guy said, I want every drive to end in a kick. (laughs) Yes, that's right. Either a field goal and a kickoff 
or touchdown and a kickoff. But yeah, I'm one, I need to be kicking the ball off after this drive is over. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see if the analytics thing comes into play where the Vikings are in a situation where they're like, do we go for it on fourth down, even though we could kick the field goal? Uh. Not Early on, I say no. I think early on the importance of points is going to be too much for them, especially playing in Green Bay. So I think they will, without a, a doubt, take the three. Um, but then I understand what you're saying because – they can't afford to let drives die. So it depends on where they're at on the field. Like if it's like we can line up for a field goal here and let our guy try a 52-yarder, or we can go for the one yard, try to get the first long, first down, prolong the drive, and give him a shorter kick or score. See, that's, that's what you're up against. So <laughs> if you're in that area where the kick is going to be 48 Plus, the thought of continuing the drive has to come into your mind, especially if it's going to be fourth and one. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not an easy decision, you know, because if you kick it and he doesn't make it, you give Aaron Rodgers field position. Give Aaron Rodgers the ball. I don't care where he's at on the field. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't really matter where he is on the field. But if you give him the ball anywhere near the 50-yard line, you might as well not send your defense out there. All right. Here's one word of hope for <laughs> Minnesota. And we're looking at the last few weeks where Minnesota is giving up on average of 22.3 points per game. And Green Bay's giving up 27.3 points per game. We saw, we said Green Bay's defense looked a little softer in the rankings. Run defense. Mm, well, run defense. I'm looking at points. Oh, so, the, the points they're giving up. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes I'm looking yes. at points. Yeah, you're going with the Packers. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Packers. All right. <sighs> Is ah, this could be an intriguing game because it's got historic, <laughs> historic impact potential. Cleveland this Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers by split score three point eight favors Cleveland Browns. And potentially now, what could be Roethlisberger's last home game. Am I correct? It could possibly be. And it's also Monday night. Is that correct? Ooh, Sunday night. Yeah. And you no, know, I, I love you know. these games where we get to see, you know, there's one game. Everybody gets to focus on that game. So isn't this, the, uh, this is the Monday nighter, isn't it? Isn't there still Monday night? Let's see here. What we're talking about. No, we're looking at Sunday night. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. Monday night. It is the Monday nighter. That's it what I thought. It is the Monday night game, which we didn't mention that the Minnesota and Green Bay would be the Sunday night game. That's the Sunday night game. That's right. That's this right. This is the Monday night game. Oh. So I know you're not going to do it simply for the fact that I'm going to request it and we don't do requests on this station. <laughs> but this should be your intriguing game. Mm. This, is, this, is, this is, first of all, is the division. Second of all, they're both scared to death of the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Third of all, one side's got Roethlisberger talking about he might have to retire. The other side's got Baker Mayfield who looks like he needs to retire. This is crazy. Now, I will say this. 
I'm going to pick the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game. Really? Simply because, yes. Simply because that mess that the Cleveland Browns coach made of that game last week, Kevin Stefanski, a coach that I that I, I was trying to say expect and respect at the same time, that I have respected, a coach who I thought was really a good coach, how he could not just think and run the ball and win that game last week is beyond me. You should never be running the ball that well and then say, here, Baker, win it for us. For what? Yeah, let, let's put the word beat up before Baker's name. <laughs> Just to add some context oh to my it. Here, beat up Baker. Crazy. <laughs> they had time on their side. They had the dominance of their running game on their side. Everything was set up perfectly for them to win that game. And every time he dropped back to pass, I'm like, why? Why? Bro, that was crazy. I, the Steelers are going to win. I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. I, when you look at it on paper, all the way around, you might say the Cleveland Browns have the more talented team. That's a little debatable, but offensively and defensively and special teams and everything, you put it all together, you might say the Browns have the more talented team. But I'm telling you, man, Baker's brain's got to be on tilt by now. And it's going to be a really big game for him. I don't know if he can handle the pressure. Because I'm sure people in Cleveland say, if you can't beat the stupid Steelers, especially when they're having a down year, then we're going to lobby for them. We're going to lobby for the Browns to draft a quarterback early next year. People are turning their backs on him left and right, man. And Ben's got nothing to lose. Ben's got nothing, nothing to, lose. to lose, eh? If, if, if we make it to the playoffs, which I think they still are in the running, if they make it, and that's his swan song, then he can still he's gonna he's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. He's got two rings. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's got two rings. So Wait, are, are you saying that that's a qualification for Hall of Fame? No, I'm just messing with you because you know I'm the easy guy. It's like, yeah, Super Bowl ring, you're in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was gonna I was about to say, no, that's you talking. <laughs> but 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 he has had a stellar career, and people are going to say that at least his first Super Bowl, he basically had nothing to do with. I mean, that that team was loaded. Yeah, you know I mean, the wheels on the bus go round and round. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, the second one he had a little bit more to do with, but again, that was a really, really good team. So, um, but Ben Roethlisberger has not been shabby by any stretch of the imagination he's had himself one really nice career and if they lose and he says you know what y'all blame it on me i ain't got it no more and rides into the sunset he'll be cool yeah yeah, yeah. so no pressure on the steelers i'm taking them to win this game well just to mention both teams are in the negative for net points cleveland coming in at minus 0.7, I'm sorry, 
at minus 1.0, Pittsburgh coming in at minus 4.7. So I got I got I got two things to do with the this game and the game we just talked about. The challenges that the Packers have against the run and the strength of the Browns offense. The Browns played the Packers last week. They had them by the short hairs and lost the game 24 to 22. The Browns could have won that game. The Packers never came close to stopping them from getting three, four, and five yards a pop. That last drive, they should have just kept handing it off, man. Kick the field goal and win the game. That's all they had to do. All righty. That was their you're, chance. You're going with the Steelers here. Yes, I am. And you're expecting the coaching battle between the Steelers and the Browns. Got big questions about Stefanski. The coaching well, battle. I got bigger questions. The Steelers. Well, I got bigger questions uh, about uh, um, Baker, but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I I know I know Nick Chubb is going to run all over the Steelers just like he ran all over the Packers. The question is, can the Browns' defense stop Big Ben and Najee Harris? You know, Najee Harris is no slash back there. They've he's kind of slowed down a little bit these last few weeks as far as putting up big numbers is concerned, but. Uh, if if Ben's arm is good, he's got the receivers to do it. All Get right. Make a game of this. Going with the Steelers, going against the bias, which favored the Cleveland Browns. Both of them were in the negative. Browns just less negative. All right, that wraps up. Look what is this, the third quarter? Yes, sir. Going into the fourth quarter. Okay, ladies and germs, we're going to enter the fourth quarter of Ben and Barry on football where we talk about current events and hot topics. So, Ben, there's only one hot topic or current event in football that I need to talk about right now. What the? I get this in there. John Madden. John Madden. Did you watch the show? Yes. And, and the, the, the show was made and advertised before he passed away. Yes. Isn't that something? Gave him his flowers. Yep. Then before, let me, just, let me just say, here we go. Boom. 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 <laughs> Wait, I ain't done. Boom. 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 <laughs> it's not even showing up well. On this, on this uh, lack of green screen. That's okay. But you get the idea as we continue on down of the games in Madden. <laughs> Got them all, right? I, now, wait. You didn't miss PS, any, did you? PS2, PS3, PS4, PS5. And I believe my son's got something in here 
Oh, the P2P. <laughs> yeah, the little handheld game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Madden hey. version. <laughs> now, you know, interesting in learning more about Madden, you learn so much about people when they pass. And again, rest in peace, condolences to the family, friends, and millions of fans out there. He won, what, one Super Bowl? But he went to a number of AFC championships and lost. Yes. And I always wonder what he's, I don't have an answer to this. I don't expect that you have an answer. But what, what did he say? What kind of coach was he when he lost? <laughs> you know, and we saw him carry him off in the win, but I never heard like great Madden quotes when you lose. Uh, well, it's not a quote, but if you remember, if you watched the program, there was a shot that they showed of him sitting on a little stool in the locker room with his head in his hands. All the players were gone. The room was empty and he was just sitting there with his, by himself <laughs> like this. That, that probably says it all, man. He loved the Raiders. He loved everything about the Raiders. This is a guy that got along swimmingly with Al Davis. So that, that tells you something about his character, you know, that he was able to handle that pressure. Uh, had some great teams, coached some great players. Great, a number of great players, Hall of Fame guys, famous guys, big name guys, but just it's it's like those teams that 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 were great, but Jordan was still around. You know what I mean? He ran into he ran into the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were like really tough. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You know, <laughs> I don't know what he said. Um, but he said a few good things. And the one thing that goes well with the Sterling net point power rankings is at the end of the game, the team with the most points on the board is going to win. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. <laughs> so, yeah. and I, you know, I forgot. I don't know if they invented the Telestrator for him. Remember the Telestrator? Yeah. They still use it nowadays, but it's a, it's a lot more sophisticated now. But before they would put the play up on the screen and he could use his finger. And he was like, see, if you send this guy over here and that guy goes over there, then they don't see this guy over here. So when he comes over here, then this guy him, and then he comes over there and boom. And it, he made that thing, that thing famous. He made that thing famous, man. You know, I don't remember anyone using the Telestrator like that before him. You're absolutely right on that. That's that's a great point. Um, also, it's crazy that apparently uh, that he had, according to the show, and make sure you get me correct on the on the accuracy of these quotes. But he had three rules. Yes, three rules, right? Yes, right. Yes, be on time. So he would have kicked me off the team right away. <laughs> like you, get out of here. 
<laughs> now, when you played, you were on time. I was on time. Okay. Be on time. Was it pay attention in, in meetings and play hard on game day? That's it. He said, if there were many more rules, they, they'd have a hard time remembering those anyway. So <laughs> he's yeah, out when he they remember all of them. You think about all those renegades that he had playing for him, man. You know, it makes a lot of sense. He's like, you know what? These guys are all great players. I'm not going to burden them with a whole bunch of mess. Just give me these three things, and I'm going to turn y'all loose. You know, you can be crazy. You can drink. You can have what – you can do whatever you want. But you got to be on time. Being on time means be on time to practice, meetings, film study. You know, it goes like that. They know what it meant. Right. Pay attention because we still have to have film session. We still have to have game planning. We have to. So pay attention. And then when the whistle blows, play your ass off. That's a, what else can you ask for? That's pretty much it. See? That, that's pretty much it right there, you know. So in terms of being a coach, that's those are words of wisdom, uh, you know, to go by. Um, we normally go to our social media page, but there's no need. I will ask this. 2022's coming up. Anything about 2022 that you've been thinking about that you want to share? Especially maybe relative to football? I mean, in about two weeks, uh, the flag football national championships will be in, in, in effect. Uh, I'm taking the 35 and over team down there. Um, we're the number one seed going in. I the number one seed for 35 and older, eh? We are the number one seed. Because now, I, I, I want to ask a stupid question, and, and it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how. A lot of 35 and older, first of all, there's no 35 and over tournaments, per se, over the course of the year. You know what I mean? Because there aren't that many 35 and over teams. In fact, going into nationals, there's only 12 teams, which is actually a good number. <laughs> it's actually a good number. In, in, in Division One. There's probably 20 some odd teams. Division two, there's even more. Division three, there's like 40 freaking teams. It's ridiculous. They'll be out there playing at night. There's so many teams they got to get rid of. But but because there's no 35 and over actual tournaments, we would enter our 35 and over team in regular tournaments and play division one and division two teams. Teams that on paper have far more talent than us and obviously are far younger than us and we won some games we never won a tournament but we won some games so we were able to accumulate points because they have a point system no that, yes they <laughs> do and that's how we got to be number one seed wow congratulations, congratulations. yeah so we we still got to get it done on the field though well that's real coach talk right there oh absolutely <laughs> Um, here's a funny story. Can I tell a funny story? Sure. Okay. And I don't know if the guy this story is about is going to see this or not. He might. Remember you were talking about how the Cowboys did Washington and the unnecessary stuff? Okay. So 
the first game of nationals last year or 2021 nationals it's our first game i'm a little nervous because this is my first time coaching this team this will be my second year now so we get down here it's the first game i'm like i, I give the defensive pep talk because i'm the defensive coordinator tell them what defenses we're going to run I didn't know the team that we played very well, but somebody else did. So they kind of filled me in like that's their best guy. Quarterback does this. Da, da, da. I built my game plan off of that. And we started the game and we're winning. And we're we're pretty much dominating on defense. We're not scoring a lot of points. We ended up winning the game 19 to nothing. But there came a point in the second half fairly early in the second half where they, you, you could see that these guys couldn't move the ball on us. We were stopping everything that they were doing. And in my mind, I'm thinking it's the first game of the tournament. Maybe I should take this guy out and take this guy out and substitute him. But I didn't. I kept him in the game to preserve the shutout. To be totally honest, in my mind, it wasn't that I was afraid that they would score on us if I took the guys out. I was more thinking of the fact that if I leave everybody in, we're guaranteed to get the shutout, and I thought that would be good for the morale of the defense and the morale of the team. So I wasn't saying... I'm not going to put him in because he's going to give up a score. I wasn't, I really wasn't. I was thinking, I don't want to change nothing because I want to preserve the shutout and I want to win this game handily. And that will help us going into the next game, which was against a team that I knew extremely well. A team that I was playing with the Falcons and the Knowles back when these guys were all young. Oh, okay. And okay. Yes, all met, all met from down in Maryland. We played them a hundred times over the years. Their quarterback's like 50 now. <laughs> I, remember when, I remember when the guy was like 19. Okay. So I knew them really well. But just like you were dismayed about the way Dallas handled Washington and the way they went about that game. Yeah. There were a couple of players who were not real happy with Coach Ben about how he handled that situation. Oh, really? Yeah. And could have got some runtime, man. Why didn't I get some runtime? I mean, they they ended up playing later in the in the other games and all. <clears throat> but <laughs> Yeah, it was it wasn't. And you know, I'm I'm not that kind of guy. Like it that bothered me. You know, under normal I, I if I had it to do over again, Knowing me, it'd be easy for me to say right now, if I had it to do over again, I wouldn't have done it like that. Really? But knowing me, I probably would have. Well, you know, I've been on, I've seen situations and I think I've been in a few where you took that first string out and the second string started whooping on their bus. <laughs> so, yes, I'm, yes, that does know, happen. It does happen. Yeah. You, and, and I know exactly what you're thinking about. High school and little league, that happens a lot. Mm. And they're like, why are you running up with a score? And I'm like, these dudes never play. I got to let them play. What, you want me to dress the cheerleaders? You know. <laughs> what do you want me to do? 
So in that respect, there's nothing, nobody can argue that. That's going to go down as one of your famous quotes, Ben. What do you want me to do? Dress the cheerleaders? That's right. That's right. If I'm blowing somebody out and they get mad, I'm going to say, what do you want me to do? Dress the cheerleaders? Well, before we leave, I do want to Teresa, grab a ball and warm up. (laughs) We talked about the Bears. It looks like they're going to start Andy Dalton. And really? Nick Foles back him up. Is Fields hurt? Yes, he's hurt. They're not starting oh, him. Man. I don't know what the situation is yet. It just came up. I just saw this as a Adam Schefter's reporting on Twitter. Okay. So I had a full story. Stay tuned, folks. Things are fluid in the NFL. Be sure. And are. you know, we have to do the best we can to give you everything that we can. To date, the only good thing about this being a COVID show and being recorded on Friday as opposed to Wednesday, or we're closer to game time, there's a few things that we know. We know that for the most part, even, and I did see that apparently the NFL did approve the new COVID protocols. So like you're saying, you could be positive, asymptomatic, and maybe even play, you know? even though that shouldn't apply to Kirk Cousins because he's unvaccinated, I believe. No, that's only for vaccinated players. It's only for vaccinated players. Yes, yes. Um, no, crazy, crazy okay. as um, it is. So, you know, so now, since we're so fluid, I'm going to do something I haven't done all season. I'm going to change my pick before we get off of here. Uh-oh. I'm taking the Giants. I'm oh. taking the Giants. I'm changing it right now. <laughs> Cross that out. Andy Dalton, my ass. We can't beat Andy Dalton. We can't beat anybody. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think this has ever happened on the Ben and Barry show where we had a change (laughs) before the show even ended. What a way to end 2021. Go New York Giants. Let's go, baby. All right, Benny. Any last words? Nationals coming up, baby. Go Legends.